Welcome back to Four Worlds Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lees, and I'm here again with Rabbi Charna Rosenholz. This week, we'll be exploring Parshat Shemini on the eighth day. We will focus on Leviticus chapter 10, verse 16. Today is the fifth day in the counting of the Omer, the days from the second day of Passover until Shavuot. It is a day of humility and gratitude in the context of love. It is also the sixth day of Passover, the festival of finding our core joy and our core grief and expressing them in ritual, song, and yearning. It is also about questioning. Passover is about questioning. In the weeks, in this week's podcast, we will focus on the art of questioning as the Torah portion, Shmini, focuses on the art of questioning. In this challenging week, in which we reckon with the untimely death of Nadav and Avihu, two sons, two brothers, the sons of Aaron, the high priest, and the nephews of Moses. Reb Charna, over to you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is such a uh, propitious time. Um, the, the counting of the Omer within the Passover, beginning in, in, in Passover, it's important for us to remember that these counting days are an emotional time. We are looking at these various attributes of God's expression in the world and how they live in us, things like love and judgment and harmony and inspiration and humility and gratitude, et cetera. These are all emotional qualities. And oftentimes we forget to really dip into the importance of emotions. And here in this Parsha, uh, we see um, two beautiful, beautiful young priests who are just beginning their service of how to be in service to God, to bring the channel between heaven and earth and to spread it out amongst the people. And in their enthusiasm to serve, they forgot to follow the precise rules. And there was a consequence to that. Within that consequence, you had you first of all, you had the feelings of passion and enthusiasm, and suddenly you have the emotion of grief present. And how is the family going to deal with that grief? So we go to our sentence here, chapter 10, verse 16. hachatat darash darosh Moshe. Darash Darosh Moshe and Moses about the hairy goat inquired, yes, thoroughly inquired um, about how it had been burned. He was angry with his nephews uh, because he felt that they weren't doing it exactly right. And his anger was a cover for his grief. How do you handle grief of losing two of your beautiful nephews, two amazing human beings? It came out through anger, but it also came out through inquiry. I want to say something very important about this word, darash, darosh. 
this word for inquiry. It is the middle word, the entire five books of Moses. In fact, if I was to lift up that word, there would be exactly half of the words on one side and half on the other. Um, I haven't personally counted, but I've studied that there are 79,847 words. This is the middle word inquiry. We'll come back to that in just a second. Um, we have the setup here that what happened right before that is there were instructions on how to eat grain. And there were instructions about separating things between the holy and the everyday. Between Tameh and Tahor, something that we'll talk about a lot next week. And so you have this sense of separation. And Moses now is saying, hey, how we eat is so important. And I want to be sure we are exactly precise. So I'm going to thoroughly inquire because I don't want anything to happen to these next two nephews. A question we can ask is why are the laws of eating so important? What do they really represent? One of the questions we're going to put on the shelf for now. Um, I really want to emphasize here that the offerings had just started after all that preparation. And suddenly there was a rude awakening of the gravitas of the moment. Um, these, these characters in, in our story were not yet fully familiar with the energies of the shamanic practices of the temple offering culture. So Moses' fear that they were doing something wrong while everybody was still reeling what had happened to Nadav and Avihu. Here is Moses being sure that his inquiry would create a situation where nobody else would get hurt. And this, my friends, brings us to the art of the question and the role of questions in the Jewish tradition. What question, what role do questions play in our tradition? Mm. By the way, Moshe's, Moshe knows that, first of all, we just had this past Shabbat Torah reading, which is also read in the intervening days on Sukkot, a desire for Moshe to be close to God and saying, God, can I see your face? Can I see your, this can please, you know, I, I yearn to be close with you, right? No one's going to master this relationship the way Moshe and God do. And even then Moshe can't see God's face. So we're in the process of transitioning to the priest's realm Moshe is going to step back and the ritual space will be taken up by the priest and on the lineage from the priest. And so Moshe is bequeathing to the people, at least take this art of questioning with you, at least take your humility, which we opened with today being the day of humility in the face of the enormous, the enormous powerful force that is love and chesed and the desire to connect and to be uh, unified with. So be careful be precise and ask questions which expand right rather than contract and i think there's a paradox there because the pre precision implies you know rules and structure and of course the laws of kashrut are very specific and clear and structured and they can be felt as constricting and it's that balance that 
allows for life to flow, which is Judaism. Like it's not all good. It's not like, oh, that's all good. No, it's not. Like there's this and there's that. There's discernment. There's kosher and there's not kosher. There's pure and there's ritually impure, meaning it's a different state. There are categories. And with that, we can engage in that flowing, beautiful, honoring, respectful interchange with the divine and with one another. Yeah, that's beautiful. Let's remind ourselves that it is our questions that kindle the fire of imagination and help us create new possibilities. Questions is what pushes the mind forward. It's what allows us to evolve. Um, I remember a question I asked myself um, in my third year of Torah study. So this would have been back in 1995. And I'm studying the kosher laws that are in this very Parsha in chapter 11 of this Parsha. And I thought to myself, didn't the Torah teach me that we will do and then we will understand something that comes up in chapter Exodus 24, verse seven, we will do and we will understand. And I said to myself, I don't think kosher law is important. And besides, I love sausage and eggs in the morning. Um, why would I ever want to keep kosher? And then I asked myself, well, if I don't do it, how will I ever understand it? So I will do it for a period of time. I gave myself three years to follow Torah kosher law, not rabbinic kosher law, but Torah kosher law. And I said, at the end of the three years, I will ask myself, was that spiritually productive? Because how could I know it if I didn't try it? What would be that value? And that was the question I asked myself and went into that. And after three years said, was that spiritually productive? And I said, why, yes, it is. And it's brought me into understanding over time with the help of my teacher, Sarah Yehudit Schneider, who wrote a little, a little book that you can find on stillsmallvoice.org um, called The Tikkun of Eating. And she says that all of us have a little bit of an eating disorder back from the garden. Hmm. Now, it's not what we ate. It's how we ate it. It's not what. It's how we ate it. We ate food unconsciously without understanding if it had any implications. And that wound is within all of us. And according to her and the rabbi, she speaks that she has studied that the eating of the matzah begins a repair. If we eat the matzah mindfully, we could repair this place of eating within ourselves. But we get to it not by saying, I already know. We get to it by asking questions. I, I just want to say one other thing about this art of the question, because I'm so it's something that I taught to seventh graders for the 20 years I studied with seventh graders preparing for their bar and bat mitzvah. We would always begin it with the art of the question. I would always tell them your questions are more important than any answer I give you. Your questions are going to unlock secrets and mysteries. And I believe in this. 
and in preparation for this podcast, I did the art of the question as a Google search. And I was astonished at how much came up in how many different disciplines from, um, from business to coaching and consulting to academia to group facilitation. Um, for example, Harvard Business Review says the art of asking great questions isn't just restricted to consulting. Um, when people ask questions, this skill, they're seen as more empathetic. They also lower the threshold for others to speak up. They increase the quality of decisions and foster collective intelligence. Mm. Great question demonstrates that you're prepared and present in the conversation, that you are willing and open, and that you're ready to deepen and broaden thinking and willing to challenge held beliefs. It is used to elicit and check thinking, knowledge, and understanding. And this is what Talmudic debate was, right? That um, makes up really the, the core of Judaism. That's right. Is that art of that, question. So, so Passover is a microcosm of the year um, and, and it renews our ability to express, like I said earlier, our deepest core sadness and grief, our deepest core yearnings and our deepest joys in the context of a week of questioning. And this Parsha comes to remind us that this is the core of who we are, ones who seek for truth. Thank you so much, Rep Charna. Chag Sameach, everybody. Chag everybody. Enjoy the crossing of the sea towards liberation, even if you're not ready. It's time to get out. May all your limiting core beliefs melt. Amen, amen. Good Shabbos.